1: back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, uh, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Hey, man. How you doing? It's been a while since uh, we've done one of these. Indeed, sir. Uh is going to be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, I don't know about Joan. Maybe he'll call in. Maybe not. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's jump into our first topic. Isaiah Thomas has agreed to a one-year vet minimum deal with Denver. Um, Luke, what are your, your general thoughts on uh, – we have uh, titled the episode How the Mighty Have Fallen uh, because, obviously, it was only two seasons ago now that he was almost averaging 30 points per per game, was a leader on the Boston Celtics, and then that hip injury – uh, he was obviously traded to Cleveland and then ended up in LA for the tail end of the season. And, uh, obviously there just wasn't a market for him. the uh, the point guard market is super saturated. It, it's, um, obviously hurting my Atlanta Hawks as far as moving on from old Dennis Schroeder right now, uh, or, you know, getting anything of value in return for him anyway. And, you know, we, we see it play out here with Isaiah Thomas, only, only getting a vet minimum deal. I think, you know, all of us kind of expected for him to, you know, get, I think we had talked about this on previous shows. I had said, you know, probably looking at a, you know, like a, like a, a, an exception deal, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, a full player exception salary, maybe a luxury tax exception exception salary, so so somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to eight million dollars, uh. But no, like veteran minimum. So, what are your thoughts uh, on Isaiah Thomas signing the vet men with Denver? First, man, I
2: didn't even know you named this episode "How the Mighty Have Fallen." Man, <laughs> come from a Celtics fan. That I mean, it's true, and I mean. I feel bad. I mean, I love IT, and, you know, it's sad to see how fast, I mean, he's fallen, but the injury really hurt him, and all the trades not really having a true home uh, last year kind of hurt and all that, not getting consistent minutes. But I think at the end, it's, it's a win-win. I know it's not for any money, and I think you at one point even said, like, 10 mil at the most, but, man, he really fell down. I mean, Vetsman on the Nuggets, yeah, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of money, but I think it's a good situation. I remember, I think, one episode we were talking about, like, where we could see him going, and I was like, I don't think the Nuggets have money, but I always thought he'd be good for the Nuggets. I mean,
0: he's yep. just a good,
2: high offensive scoring team. So, yeah, I think in one sense, it, it, it is how the mighty have fallen. But in the other sense, it's, I think it's a win for him. He's going to get good playing time. He's going to be able to see the core. He's a, a good team to help him contend really show his value, be better than him going to, like, one of these teams that are just, like, lost and, like, not going to make it at all to the playoffs. At least the Nuggets will now have a good fighting chance. I think they, you know, they unloaded a lot of money, too. So, I think after this year, Millsap contracts up. So, who knows? I mean, he could play himself. I don't see him getting the Briggs truck anymore. But he could play himself into – another good contract reasonable contract i think more of it just wants at the home just some team that really appreciates them and and like really just wants them so i think this is almost like a good tryout it's a win-win for the nugget i mean it's a real big win for the nuggets i think it's a win-win it's almost like a demarcus cousins thing even though boogie cousins is going to like the best teams but it's like they got to kind of choose where they want to go they like took the the you know the veterans minimum a very low amount of money I think Boogie took a little bit mo- uh, more he took the mid level but still you you got to choose where you uh, could go at that point and this is a team that kind of needs a point guard they can slide Malik Monk back he's going to be playing next to Gary Harris who knows they could even play Harris at the three Monk at the two I
1: mean not at Monk. one
2: point after a, not
1: Monk from Charlotte um, I'm not sure oh, yeah, who you're Monk, referring uh, to but not Monk uh, Barton you mean. Who, no, not Will Barton. Um, They're point guards. Um, oh, Jamal Murray.
2: Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm getting my Kentucky boys some mixed up. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I have to know this right <laughs> now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, just slide Jamal Murray over to the two spot. At one point in time, Murray, I want to say Murray, Harris, Millsap, and uh, Joker were, the like, one of the highest scoring offenses, like, after the All-Star break last year. So, you can just throw an IT into a very high scoring team. I mean, he's going to flourish in it. He knows how to play. I think it's almost kind of like a Celtics. Defensively, yeah, they're going to take the little bumps, but I think in the end, I think it's a good win-win. It's stinks that he's not going to get the money, but I think next year this could play into him cutting a contract for like four, three or four years and just staying with the Nuggets and just actually having a home for one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be cool because, you know, they were kind of able to navigate around the, you know, having to pay the luxury tax. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but in, in doing that and the fact that Millsap, you know, comes off the books next season, you know, that's $30 million. They could easily offer him if, if he, if he plays well there, they could easily offer him a mid-level exception so that, you know, if they, if they, I think you can offer up to three years with a mid-level, um, you know that could be like a, a, somewhere in the neighborhood of a thirty million dollar contract, and and you know that was kind of what I was expecting going into this this year. I was, I was a little surprised that the Magic didn't. Uh, it, it reports indicate that they they briefly entertained, uh, you know, picking up Thomas, um, but elected to you know essentially go a different route. I was a little surprised that they, you know, didn't didn't really make a play. For him, I mean, I realize he doesn't really fit their timeline, but you know, a team like Orlando, man, like the East is wide open. It, it, it seems like you're bringing back Aaron Gordon. You have a few pieces there. You have some young guys you need to develop, but it's not like Isaiah Thomas would be getting in the way of any of those developing guys. I mean, it's really Jonathan Isaac and, and Mo Bamba. So. I was. I will say I was a little surprised that they didn't. They didn't even offer him a deal. So um, Denver does seem like a good fit. Uh, you did mention the defensive um, woes of that team, and he certainly does not help with that. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like they can get much worse as far as how many points they give up. And Isaiah Thomas can at least, you know, be. I guess you know, addition by subtraction as far as just he, he, he's going to get you, uh, like, a lot of buckets if, if he can get healthy. And uh, I could definitely see him, like, being a great six-man and kind of with, with the, you know, with them reportedly moving Barton into the starting lineup, I could see him being, you know, a great six-man as long as he kind of, you know, accepts that role. And, you know, I'm sure they probably – had the conversation of, you know, we're, we're not going to pigeonhole you in that six man role, but that's what you're going to start as you'll have your opportunity to earn the starting job from Jamal Murray. But, you know, ultimately, you know, yeah, that's what, that's, you know, what we're eyeing as far as, as far as, you know, what your role will be on this team at the beginning of the season. So, I don't know. I think I think it'll certainly be interesting to see how this plays out and to see how he works in this team. I certainly look forward to seeing him playing alongside Jokic. I think that'll be very interesting. Um as far as a big who can who can pass the ball like that and <coughs> Isaiah Thomas who's so versatile offensively. He he's going to like I said, if he can get healthy, he's going to be their most versatile offensive uh threat. So, you know, seeing those two guys team up should be very interesting. Uh, Jawan is joining us now. What's up, Jawan?
3: What's going on, guys?
1: Ah, uh, nothing much, man. What did you think about the Isaiah Thomas deal with Denver? Uh, uh, it it
3: doesn't it doesn't hurt either uh, either party. Um, like it's not a detriment as long as, <clears throat> and I haven't heard that he is. Uh, the Cleveland situation, I don't count. But as long as he's not, like, a cancer to the locker room, uh, I, I don't think this is a bad move. If I see, uh, especially with what Dwayne Wade's been saying and he's been preaching, he can come back to be even remotely close to what he was two years ago because it wasn't like he was this great player, like, five years. It was only two seasons ago. Um, if You're he right. can get back to even remotely close to that, uh it'll come off as a steal for Denver. Um, I don't know many other teams that were like desperate. You, you mentioned the Magic. Uh, they were one of the first teams that came to mind. I don't know many other teams that didn't have Isaiah before uh, that's desperate for a score-first point guard. Um, so it makes sense that the Nuggets would want someone that um, can, can kind of help uh, with the scoring load. Um, I just, you know you know me, Nick. My, my biggest uh, issue is always, As long as it's not taken from the younger guys, I'm fine with it. Uh, I I became a huge Murray fan last year. So as long as it doesn't interfere with Murray whatsoever, um, I have absolutely no issues. I think this is really good. And uh, the point you made before, Luke, he's obviously not going to get big money, but he can play himself into a a decent contract, Uh, something uh, a lot more deserving than uh, what he just got, which is pretty much the veteran, veteran minimum. But I will say this if Isaiah Thomas had to settle with that, there better not be one team. I mean, no team in the NBA that gives Carmelo Anthony any contract different than that. one. That better be yeah. around the same exact price. Because if I had to bet on somebody to give me uh, pretty much what I'm paying for, I would bet on it uh, before I bet on Carmelo Anthony at this point in their, in their, uh, in their career. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for um, in the coming weeks once once he gets through this OKC drama. But as far as IT to the Nuggets, I have no issue with it. As long as he doesn't uh, interfere with the growth of Murray, I think this is a really good signing for, uh, for both
4: parties. Yeah,
1: I mean, I ultimately agree with all of that, and I don't think it's going to affect Murray. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think, you know, the, they'll – Isaiah Thomas will have an opportunity to play himself into the starting role, but even if that happens, um, and and let's say, you know, play this out and say Murray then is coming off the bench as, as your sixth man, um, like Luke said, he's versatile. He can play the one, he can play the two, so you can play him beside Isaiah Thomas, uh, and then when Thomas is resting, you can play him beside Gary Harris, which is, you know, kind of the lineup that they had elected to run last year. So, uh, I I mean, I think it, it definitely makes sense. And, you know, they, they were obviously a team that needed, a, a you know, a, another point guard. They didn't have one, uh, you know, before they signed him. And it was definitely, you know, something that they needed. So he, he certainly fits the bill there as far as positionally as well. And, no, I totally agree with Melo. I, I, and I don't think he will get any more than um, – than a, uh, a, a veteran minimum deal, um, I expect it to be Houston, but you know we'll see. Um, if we have time, we can we can talk a little bit about uh, Mello um, before we uh, close out this show. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, so in in kind of conjunction with with that signing, uh, the Nuggets were also able to finally get off Fareed uh, and. Durrell Arthur's contracts. Uh, essentially, the Hawks, Nuggets, and Nets agreed to a trade in which the Hawks acquired Jeremy Lynn, swap, swap rights to Brooklyn's 2023 second rounder, uh, Brooklyn's 2025 second rounder. The Nuggets acquired Isaiah Whitehead, and the Nets acquired Fareed Arthur in Denver's 2019 first rounder, 1 through 12 protected. I love this deal for Denver. It gets them out of the luxury tax. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, you know, it was going to cost them a first-rounder. When you're unloading $21 million in salary, it's going to cost you a first-rounder. Uh, but luckily, those, both those contracts are expiring, so I really like this for the Nets, too. Like, you know, they, they are able to bolster. This is, this is now two years in a row that they've been able to take on, you know, money that other teams didn't want. That weren't terrible. Like last year, they did the deal for Jamari Carroll, who was on a two, like a essentially like a two-year, fifteen million per contract, and so he's now uh, an expiring contract uh, this season. And they were able to get a first rounder from Toronto out of it, and were able to send back uh, Josh Hamilton, who you know was just kind of useless. So uh, that made you know a ton of sense. Uh, this one makes a ton of sense. As for my Hawks. I fucking hate it. This is so stupid. Um, I've gotten into countless arguments (laughs) with various people about this. It makes no fucking sense for the Hawks to help the Nets, who are another rebuilding team in the East, uh, help facilitate the Nets to get a first-rounder when we had the cap space to take on Kenneth Buried, Darrell Arthur, and not have to send back anything. Um, you know, we could have just taken on those two contracts, gotten the 2019 first rounder from Denver and been done with it and called it a deal. And that would be a successful free agency for us. We add another pick Um the, the contracts that we were to pick up would be expiring. Uh, and, you know, that, that would be great. I, I have a lot of problems. I think the Hawks, New staff, uh, Travis Schlink as as the GM. Um, they've done a very good job in drafting. Uh, I mean, John Collins is obviously developing very well. Um, he, he, you know, played very well last season. Uh, found himself making, uh, I think, second-team all-rookie uh, NBA squad. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really high on this kid. I like him a lot. I like Dorsey, our second-round pick. Um, both of those guys have had. You know, pretty good summer leagues. I have my problems with, you know, getting Trey taking Trey Young and and not just keeping Doncic, but you know, I I do think Trey Young is going to be a good player. Um, Kevin Herter, it's it's I mean he had not played any yet even in summer league, so we'll we'll see on him. But you know, he is a knockdown shooter. I really like Amari Spellman. Um, obviously, I, I think it was clearly uh, as, as I mentioned. Um, in, in the show that Luke and I did with the um, draft breakdown, I think it was clearly a mistake not taking Mitchell Robinson at 34 and instead trading it. Uh, and, of course, luckily for you, Jawan, he fell to your Knicks. Um, but, like, this just speaks – so, like, as far as their, their their ability to scout talent, they seem fine. But as far as their ability to make make trades and make good decisions in that regard, I've got a lot of question marks as far as – this this Hawks management. I mean, the Dwight Howard deal. We had to move back ten picks in the draft in order to do it. We had to take on Plumlee's contract, which we're going to have for an additional year. He signed through next season. Um, when I always looked at 2019 as like the year we should be looking at, like that's the year when there's a ton of fucking very high quality free agents hitting the market. And while I have you know no disillusionment that you know, we'd be able to get like, say, Kyrie and Jimmy Butler or Katie or Kawhi, like getting, you know, setting yourself up to make a run at guys like Timba Walker or um, Chris Middleton always made a lot of sense to me. Um, but you know, with that Howard deal, that that cash strapped us for an additional uh, year, and the and the you know the prevailing thought was but it would give us more cap flexibility in the meantime because, you know, you had 11 million less dollars on the books this season. Um, and then, you know, last year we also picked up Bellinelli, which was like looked at as, you know, this is a valuable trade asset. Well, you know, we could have gone out and gotten to Murray Carroll last year and gotten an extra first round pick, but instead we decided to sign Dwayne Deadman and re sign Ilyasova and re sign, you know, Moscala. And, you know, with the cop space that the Plumley deal afforded us, you know, we didn't do anything with it. And then when it came down to it, Uh, at at the trade deadline, we couldn't get a trade. And the whole reason that we reportedly didn't do a trade was because we didn't want to take on additional salary, right? Like there was a trade on the table between Philly and us, but we didn't want to take on Jared Bayless's contract because it was $9.5 million for this season. That's it's an expiring contract now. So, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I, I still think we, we should have kind of shot for that. Um, you know, tried to see if we could get Philly to give us a, a you know, a number uh, or a first-round pick, top twenty protected, um, but you know, ultimately we didn't do that because we didn't want to take on the cap space. And now we do this, like now we take on an even more expensive, like by four million dollar, four plus million dollars more expensive contract, and a guy who is fucking busted up. He hadn't, he's been hurt for two straight fucking seasons, and And we facilitated, uh, you know, a a rival rebuilding team into getting a first-round pick. Makes no fucking sense to me. It pisses me off, and I fucking hate it. Anyway, rant over. uh, Luke, uh, calm me down a little bit. Tell me that uh, this isn't as bad as I'm I'm making it out to be. (laughs) Um, Or do you you agree with me, at least in some sense, that, you know, if you have the cap space to, you know, pick up – you know, Farid and Arthur's contract in order to get a first round pick that makes a lot more sense than facilitating another team to do it, taking on Jeremy Lynn's contract and only getting a second rounder. That's not going to convey for seven years. No.
2: Yeah. Uh, I hate that. I mean, I'll try to calm you down, but it is terrible. I did not like it for Atlanta whatsoever. I didn't understand him. Just like you're saying, they could have done this trade perfectly by themselves I always thought Kevin Fareed would actually be kind of fun running next to John Collins. At least, you know, you get yeah. on terrible contract, but you might get something out of this guy. Jeremy Lin, I don't know how the Nets did it, but the Nets just won big time, man. Like, yeah. Denver wins too, but the Nets just won big time. They were log jam at the point guard position, mm-hmm. and they were able to just be like, peace out, Jeremy Lin, who just tore. What did he tear? Like,
1: I don't know, something really bad. It was like, like, it was like, like a like very bad injury. Yeah, yeah it so was, and it was like I, I, I think it was on opening opening day or opening night of the NBA the season. It, still, happened, it happened. Yeah, it happened right after Gordon Hayward's
2: injury, so I know right. that.
1: And he's still and he's still not back. He's still not healthy. Still so like obviously this is a really bad injury. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, just
2: terrible for the Hawks. I mean, I don't understand what you're doing. Not only that, but, like, you gave a rival team, like, a first-round pick, which is, like, I still don't understand because the picks that they want to get, the second-round switching it just doesn't make sense in, in, in my mind. But, anyway, the they, were, they also freed up the Nets to have money to sign. Not that the Nets are going to be able to do it. But two free max agents next year. I think the Nets right now are the only team lined up to be able to do that next year yep. without doing As of anything. right now. Yes. So, right now, the Nets are just killing it. I mean, whoever their GM, man, Sean Marks, job, my friend. I mean, yeah. Sean Marks, you are just doing some big things up there, man. I didn't see you be able to pull in a, a team like the Hawks like that and, and be able to swindle them in a, a second round pick and, and everything for Jeremy Lynn. I mean,
1: I didn't like you said, right. the Hawks could
2: have done it, but Denver, I love it for Denver. It frees up them out of the luxury this year and a lot of cap next year because now they've also, with all their trades, have lost Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Fariz, Authors, and next year, Paul Millsaps will come up. So, Nuggets will have some room to make their team more interesting if they're competing this year. So, Nuggets could be one of those teams. I like how this year they kind of just threw out their name even though that they weren't even interested, but Like LeBron, but, like, I love that when I saw that little thing come out with like, Nuggets are interested in LeBron. No, you're not. You just want to throw name out another. But
0: in the end, I mean,
2: (laughs) I don't know how much money they have freed up next year. I mean, but you might have some money to make your team more interesting to actually be a very good competitive team in the West. So um, I like it for the Nuggets. I mean, Nets win big time. Now next year they'll have two first-round picks, I want to say. They they finally get their first-round pick, too. And they'll have enough for max. The um, picks
1: one through twelve protected, so they
2: they need Denver yeah, to at least yeah. Season Denver being a bad team in the West though next year. At no,
1: least 12, no, no, no. I don't see them the being a bad team. team. I don't. Yeah, I don't see I them see being, being a bad team. But again. you also have to take into account that the Lakers just got a lot better. So if Denver yeah. stays where they were last season, barely missing the playoffs, you have to figure the Lakers are now going to be ahead of them. So they could be tenth in the West. I mean I could easily see them being tenth in the West. Now I still think that would mean they would have the number twelve. That would be uh what? That would be the number thirteen pick. So that would be a probably like the best possible outcome for the Nets, you know, but um but it is possible that the convey, so it it very is. But I mean
2: again, Nets are just did a very like low risk, very high reward. So they didn't I yes. mean they got rid of so their teams starting to like, you know, they're starting to not look just kind of chaos and just stacking a bunch of people at all these positions. So they're unloading contracts. They're getting picked. So they're just, they, I just, for the Hawks' sake, I mean, yeah, you're freeing up some things. I just don't understand the Jeremy Lynn. Hopefully you can mm-hmm. maneuver some contracts of your own to go away. I still don't see Dennis being on the team any longer. Bays either. I mean, maybe in into the season a little bit, but I just, for the Hawks' sake, why did you even jump in this? You could have just stayed still, not been part of it, and Nets could have them. could have figured out. Or you just, like, why didn't Slink just, like, once he heard, probably the Nets, uh, Mark had to call him. Sean Marks had to call him. And I was like, hey, you want to be part of this deal? Why wouldn't you just hang up and just call Demers and be like, let's just, let's do this right now. Yeah, right. we'll do it. Just, and
1: you don't even have to take back any salary. Like, you don't have to take back Isaiah yeah. Whitehead's salary. We'll just We'll just absorb all of it. And you know what? And like, and the thing is too, like, if the Hawks really wanted to be like, you know, an an and type of situation, they could have been like, oh, and by the way, we'll give you, we own the less favorable second rounder between Minnesota and L.A. We'll we'll throw you that too. Like, it's not going to be a great pick, but hey, it's at least a little something extra, you know, to outbid the Nets, like. I, I just don't get it, and I, I'll i say this, too. I, I feel like if we had pulled off that deal, I think we could have then called the Nets and been like, hey, we'll give you Fareed for Jeremy Lin, like, and they would have been like, well, we don't need all these fucking point guards. We could use a guy like Kenneth Fareed, like, yeah, sure, we'll make that deal, like, no picks, just straight up, like, I feel like that could have happened, like, um, like, I feel like that would have been a no-brainer. Um, uh, one, more, one more thing before I, I pass it on. Um, I would have been okay with this if, like, with, you know, with us not getting the first rounder in this whole, you know, clusterfuck uh, situation, um, if we had been able to say, we'll, we'll make this deal. You don't have to give us any picks, Brooklyn, um, but we get to read, and you have to take Plumley." Like that would have been fair to me. I would have been totally fine with that because we get off Plumlee's contract for an expiring contract. And in exchange for that, we take on Jeremy Lynn, like totally cool with that. That's totally fine. But as it stands getting what essentially boils down to a second rounder that conveys in seven years for taking on Jeremy Lynn's $13.8 million, which just completely obliterates our cap flexibility. We have at most now like $11 million to play with. Um, you know it was it was a lot nicer when we had 20 plus you know like 23 24 million dollars to play with um and now we don't and it sucks and all we got out of it was a fucking 2025 second round pick essentially so yeah i don't know i don't get it but anyway joel is joining us now um joel uh you know you 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 live through insanity in new york uh talk me off this ledge man Tell me, tell me, he's going to be great for the Hawks, please.
4: Uh, when he's healthy, he actually is a good player. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose yeah. to Jeremy Lin. Like, I never ever wanted to lose to Jeremy Lin. Like, ever. But he wanted a lot, uh, and Houston was willing to give him that giant poison pill, and we said no, and so he left. <laughs> and
0: and that's <after laughs> what it came
4: down to. It. Um, and no one was gonna pay that that kind of money, and it's just like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. And but look, the dude got skills. The problem is he's fragile. But it doesn't really matter. It's not like what are you <laughs> he's he's fragile. fragile? He's fragile. Anyway, He is. He's fragile. He's just always been. Smokey always was a conscientious objector.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> reference. <effort>. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I still haven't watched that. Movie. I gotta watch that movie. Um. But, <laughs> Uh, you, well, you still have your, your young guys. That's all about – I think you guys got to worry about developing your young guys. You guys ain't doing shit in yeah. this year. You got to worry about getting rid of Schroeder. I know that's happening at some point. I'm not sure for who or what. Um, but there's got to be takers there for Dennis Schroeder, and you got to somehow find a way to unload Baysmore if not this year, then next season when he's an actual asset, when he's like an expiring contract. But right. That's that's real, and I don't know who the fuck gave Miles Plum that kind of money because now that I'm looking at 12.5? Jesus, twelve point five, right? Yeah. Well, to but here's the,
1: here's the crazy <laughs> thing: Milwaukee was able to finagle getting him off their books for the expiring contract of Spencer Hawes and Roy Hibbert, I believe, um, and and sent him to yeah. uh, to that. Charlotte to be the backup. Yeah, and then they were able mm-hmm. to flip him for Dwight Howard, um, it, you know, along with Bellinelli to us. Um, so well, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that we can flip him somehow, but like I said, this would have been the deal where that happened is like, you know, if you, if, if you want us to take on Lynn's contract, Brooklyn, and you want to get that first round pick fine, but you got to take Plumlee and we'll take Fareed. Like that, I would be cool with, right. uh, but you know, as it stands, like that's we just we didn't win any aspect of this fucking deal. It just pisses me off.
4: Yeah, I get it. I, I mean, Dereman is an expiring contract. That's probably the only benefit you get there. Next year yeah. money, this year money, no. But, again, you ain't doing on this year anyway. Do you, do you have any plans this year for the Hawks? Aside from yeah, to you? get draft
1: picks, valuable ones. I mean, that was my yeah, plan. Well, that's different.
4: That's different, though. I mean, you can still get picks. For Schroeder, you could definitely get a pick, I think.
1: Maybe. Um, I, don't I don't know about know. The I don't is know about, sour don't know him, about
4: the other. No. I a well, little bit. My,
1: my, whole for, so my whole plan for Bayes was to use our supreme amount of salary cap and, you know, take on Carmelo Anthony Another. and Kyle Singler. Like, that's, right. that saves them $15 million to unload those guys in, in exchange for Bayes. Granted, they would have to pay Bayes $19 million next year, Um but it saves them a shit ton of money this year. And if they were to stretch both of those guys who are, let's just face it, like Melo did not play well for them and Kyle Singler is utterly useless. If they, were, if they were to stretch those two guys, they would have to pay them, you know, not to be on their team $11 million altogether. $11 million they would pay each of the next three years. It's like, would you rather do that? Or would you rather pay Bayes $18 million this year and $19 million next year and then he's off your books the year after that? I'd rather pay Bays, especially since he can actually help your team as opposed to two guys who aren't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But
4: I get you.
1: Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think the thing is too. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like I'm. A, I kind of compare. You know, any the lens that I look at any move moves that the Hawks make, I look at it through the lens of like. All of the Star Wars fans going into the Last Jedi, like I make uh, I make all of these <laughs> grandiose plans, and then whatever whatever I yeah. actually do get is like completely like like something's out of left field, and then I'm like like so disappointed, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? So I don't know, so maybe
4: maybe, maybe you I can empathize. Yourself off the disappointment.
1: Yeah, maybe I can empathize with people who hate the Last Jedi more more than I think. Um, But uh, anyway, Jawan, you have probably been the most outspoken about liking this deal for the Hawks. Um, Sometimes, though, I can't tell if you're just being facetious um, or if you actually do like, uh, like, uh, you know, this move genuinely for the Hawks. Um, But go ahead. You can let me know.
3: Um. (laughs) No, I can't. I'm just laughing because I could get out. Um, I could seem very. Uh, I don't know the word I was thinking. I just lost my train of thought. But no, I like Joel said. Jeremy Lynn when healthy, is not a bad basketball player.
1: I've uh, um, never I'd been. Think... my I've never disputed that.
3: No, no, they... no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you did. I'm. I'm just saying it's something yeah. that because um, Schroeder is something you guys want to definitely move on. Uh, right. especially like Joel said because that, that is a really good chance you can move that for a draft pick, um, especially because Dennis Schroeder is a really good player and someone at some point will need a point guard, uh, whether a starter or a backup, and will be willing to give up uh, a first-round pick for him or a second-round pick, whatever. They'll be willing to give up a pick for, for Dennis
1: Schroeder. Um, yeah. Jeremy Lin, Hopefully if you Hopefully a if you're pick starting, and an expiring contract.
3: <laughs> right. If you're um, – if you're if, if Jeremy Lin comes back fully healthy and Trey Young starts, Jeremy Lin is not a bad backup point guard. Uh I mean, there's no expectations for the Hawks to, like make the playoffs or anything. It no. would just be Jeremy Lin trying to play his way into uh a contract. Um so I mean, you know, it it's, it's a good situation like I said. Um Jeremy Lin he plays exciting basketball. I tell, I tell you that. Um but one thing I wanted to point out was you guys know I'm not Big into the whole draft picks and stuff, but one thing I am really impressed with is how I never thought Brooklyn would be able to be in a position to uh, be able to put themselves in a spot to make pitches for big free agents. I thought after the yeah. Celtics trade, it would just be so long before uh, Brooklyn yeah, would be in they a would situation to be where
1: Sacramento or Orlando, right, or something. right? Like it would take like ten right. years, thought, yeah, twenty maybe.
3: Right, I. And then I honestly thought that, um, honestly, I thought Brooklyn would would you know I thought it lost its its appeal of being somewhere that big free agents would want to go. Like it's still yeah. attached to New York, but if I had to choose between the Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I I kind of would rather play in the Mecca, uh, and that's yeah, the, the Nets are the about. Clippers
4: of but, New York, yeah. like <laughs> right, you know, yeah. right. without a, without a
3: doubt. So, so it's one of those things where it's like, uh, and speaking of the Clippers, I'm sure the Nets are due um, a run like the Clippers got with CP3, DeAndre, and uh, and Blake. I'm, I'm sure Brooklyn uh, at some point will get talent to where they can be relevant again. Uh, but I'm really proud of that organization for putting themselves in a situation to be able to uh, make pitches to big free agents. I don't think they'll get any, but to be in a position coming off of that huge Celtics robbery, Really, really, really good look for them. Um, but I will say, Nick, the only thing that bothered me tremendously about this trade, as far as the players, um, is if you do not trade Schroeder, why did you trade for Lynn? Like, why are you having right. three point guards now? Like, yeah, I, I don't and, think and it a lot gives. Of... Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: A lot of Hawks fans were saying, "Well, this means schroeder has gone." And then, of course, the report came out either today or yesterday, basically being like, "The Hawks are still actively looking for trades for Dennis Schroeder." And it's like, "Yeah, we don't have anything lined up." It doesn't work like that. Like, you don't have right. a trade lined up and then and then go make a Jeremy Lin trade, and then you say, "Okay, now we'll trade Schroeder." Like, it doesn't it doesn't play right. out like that. Um, yeah, usually, yeah, no, usually, go you ahead. Get rid I, of the... I, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I was just, no, I was just saying, usually,
3: like, go ahead. <laughs> I was saying usually you get rid of the player first, then you make the trade uh, for the replacement. It never usually right. works. You get the replacement, then you trade the player. Uh, right. just, I I don't get how people would think that it would work like that. But I do want to say Fareed in, in Brooklyn, I think, could be a really uh, good spot for him. I think he can play himself into relevancy again. Because uh, Ken Freed is a really good basketball player. I just kind of think things didn't work out the best in Denver. But, you know, I'm really huge on guys getting a change of scenery and that possibly being what uh, kind of explodes them a little bit. And I think for Farid, he can have a really,
1: really, really good
3: season, individual season
1: uh, yeah. with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I think an interesting play for the Nets, you know, they have the, the cap space for potentially – to max free agent contracts. I think, you know, where their draft pick ends up falling may affect that obviously with its cap hold. Um but nevertheless, like yeah, you're, you're you're if you're the Nets, you you haven't you haven't rebuilt your image enough to go out and like really, you know, get um you know the cream of the crop. But, you know, maybe you could go out and and get Kimball Walker and and Chris Middleton. Like that would help your team out a lot if you paired those two guys with some of the young talent that you have and you're gonna have both your draft picks, like you could the Nets could could easily be a playoff team next season, yeah, with the weekend east and all that, if they make the right moves. And the only move that they that Sean Marks has made that I did not like um since being there was the Allen Crab trade. I thought that was that was stupid. You know, you, you got lucky that Portland matched and then you know, you went and traded back for him. Um and you sent I think Andrew Nicholson who was only like I th- I wanna say two years at like six or seven million dollars, like he would be an expiring contract this year. So um so ultimately I thought that was a bad deal but um but yeah, uh I I think they they've been making great moves like Luke said. Um and um I don't know. I just it, it just sucks being a Georgia sports fan, man. <laughs> like that's all i got to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, any any final thoughts? So, anyway, uh, I, I got one thing for you,
2: right, real quick. Yeah. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. So, if you
2: think about it, here's the plus of the Hawks. If you think about it, the bottom three teams next year, I want to say everyone's predicting, is, you know, Sacramento's going to be bad, you guys, and and Brooklyn Nets. Well, you kind of just made Brooklyn Nets a little bit better, even though the odds are for taking teams, but, you made them a little bit better, so you, uh, like I don't know, maybe that. But I just thought about that. The tanking thing's gone, so they would have even thing with all of you guys. Yeah, so gonna be that's the bottom true.
1: Five but teams. like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I of course I wasn't a fan of the of of the um the the new uh, percentage rules for the lottery. Exactly for them. Yeah yeah I mean, I just thought like i I didn't mind it like it uh, like I just think it's i don't i don't think it's fair to do it like immediately like it was like we need to do something about draft reform, like this is gonna happen next season it's like dude there's like seven or eight teams in the middle of a rebuild like but you know what to be fair um to adam silver um twenty nine out of the thirty teams voted yes for it, so including my hawks the only the only uh GM who did not who voted against it was Sam Presti Um because of course at the time they were they hadn't gotten Russell Westbrook to sign the extension and it was like, dude, if we gotta go into a rebuild, like we want we want, you know, the best possible outcome for us to get, you know, those high draft picks. Um but the other twenty nine teams voted for it, so, you know, there's that. Um one other thing before we move on, um I uh I I did I did get two separate Hawks fans, um, who who did throw out two positives in this deal. One, uh, Atlanta um, has, has a very large uh, Asian population, um, particularly Koreans, um, which, of course, you know, Jeremy Lin is uh, of Chinese descent, but he is, you know, the first Asian-American basketball player. Um, I think that could be positive as far as for um, – you know creating uh, generating buzz and you know uh, creating new fans or or attracting people who um you know who who really really like Jeremy Lynn I've got a friend david Cho. um it's he's his favorite basketball player and he's an Atlanta hawks fan and he's super excited about it so um so that's a good thing um good for him. and then uh, do what now
4: i say good for him i I'm excited for him. <laughs>
1: Yes. I, in fact, when he, when he posted something up about it, I was like, dude, I hate the deal, but I will say that, like, I remembered you were, like, this huge Jeremy Lin fan, and uh, that was, like, my one saving grace. I was like, well, at least David's going to be really fucking happy. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, one other thing is, is let's say, like, Lin, Lin is not um, going to be healthy to start the season. So it's very possible that Schroeder's still on this team to start the season. Um, and then by the time the trade deadline rolls around, Jeremy Lin is healthy at that point. We make a trade deadline deal when teams are going to be potentially more, um, you know, more in the mood to, to deal. Um, and, you know, the, those, those kind of bubble playoff teams uh, that, you know, want to make a splash and want to try to make the playoffs, maybe a team or, or a team that has suffered an injury or, you know, any, any kind of things like that, um, that may help out. And so, you know, it might be nice to have Lynn be able to step in if, you know, we move Schroeder, not in the off season, but, you know, at the deadline. So one other thing that, you know, you could possibly look at as a as a positive um, if we end up not being able to move Schroeder for any sort of valuable assets um, this, this off season. So two, two slight positives uh, to end on, so I'm not just such a fucking Debbie Downer about this whole whole deal. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's move on before, you know, I, I remember that I forgot about something and, and, you know, start rambling on for 15 more minutes about how shitty this deal was. Uh, Jimmy Butler turned down a four-year extension worth about $110 million. Uh, to remain with Minnesota. Um, obviously, the cap's going up by about $7 million next season, so it would stand to benefit any potential Max free agent um, to wait until next year uh, to sign any sort of deal. Um, you know, that's essentially we saw the same thing with Kyrie Irving. Um, it just makes sense financially. Um, plus, it, kept, it, it, it keeps, keeps their options up and keeps, you know, keeps the flexibility alive. I will say this, though. Dude, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You, like, you want me to sign an extension when the cap's going to go up next season and you don't even offer me a max extension? Like, bro, you just gave Andrew Wiggins a max extension. Like, he's, he's on a max extension, like, starting this year. Uh, there's been reports you're, you're trying to give Cat a max extension, and you offer me 110 million dollars over four years? Like, try 130 max dollars, motherfuckers. Like, I, like I would be really fucking insulted if I was Jimmy Butler. And I mean, I know it's only like, I don't, I, I, don't know exactly what a four-year max extension would be as far as, um, for, um, I guess like a seven, seven-year player. I think it, like, like Jimmy Butler, um. But it's definitely more than 110 million dollars. I can tell you that much. It's at least in, in the 120s. Um, so I know that's not a huge difference in money, but it's like, dude, how the fuck are you taking an extension to Jimmy Butler that is not a max extension? Makes no fucking sense. He's the best player on your team, and you just gave Andrew Wiggins one. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on Butler turning down the extension? And do you kind of see that the same way as me? That like, can you believe they tried to? get him to sign a, a, an extension
2: that wasn't a max extension? No, I mean, I agree with Butler turning it down. I'm pretty sure it was a max extension. I think they have to – he has to be on two years, and I don't think he made a NBA all-team, so he, he's not getting a super max. So I think that kind of was – I think he might get a little 110 bit more, not a max
1: extension because he, he would qualify four years for the, thir- 30%, 30% sixth, uh, of the – well, like just look at what Paul George just made. Like he's making, I think, thirty point six million dollars this season, somewhere in that ballpark. Like that, if you multiply, we'll just say thirty point five. You multiply thirty point five out, that's one hundred and twenty-two uh, million, and this was only one hundred and ten. So that's not a max extension. One hundred and ten is not. Well, it's playing <clears throat> off
2: the max that he got before. This is playing off his previous two, That's what i was saying. But if you wait Next year, it just makes sense just to turn it down. I don't know why Minnesota didn't want to I don't think Boston's going to do it because, I mean, it just doesn't make sense for either side. I mean, if you next year they can give him the five-year supermax with them because he's playing on their team for two years, he might, you know. So it just financially for him, you're going to leave up 40, like at least $40 million on the table if you were to even think about taking the deal. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, like you said, I mean, even if this isn't the max, that's just insulting to Jimmy Butler, who already kind of said that he's not happy the way some of your young kids take uh, how serious they take the game of basketball. And he possibly wants to be paired up with someone else that's not on your team. So you definitely have to do everything to entertain Jimmy Butler this year. But I think in the end, you're going to be able to sit down with them next year, give him the Supermax five years and he's not going to want to walk away from it. It's just going to be too much money to well, step away from at the time. I don't think we'll do a Paul George and take less. That's what I didn't understand with Paul George is he didn't take the max. It still took a, a short deal, four years. So I think if Butler, if this is about, you know, doing things financially right, that's a lot of money to walk away with if he doesn't take the Supermax five year from them. Yeah.
1: Well, the here's the thing. The – the Paul George deal is kind of interesting. I would have expected him to take a three-year deal with the player option being on the third year because he would play two years and then he would he would be a ten-year vet, so he could sign a contract for 35% of the salary cap at that point. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I forget who it was, but somebody on the ringer did point out that in the new CBA, um, you if you're going into the final year of your contract, you can sign an extension. Um so he could still do that essentially with this with this uh with this four year deal. Um he, like he would he would be only going into the third year of the contract out of four, but because the fourth year is a player option, he would still qualify to be able to do an extension on that year. I a, a, a la the James Harden deal, um where James Harden was able to sign that huge extension. Russell Westbrook <clears throat> did the same thing, that both of those guys were able to sign that their huge extensions even though um you know, they still had a year afterwards, John Wall as well. Um, one thing, though, uh, Jimmy Butler wouldn't qualify for the Supermax because he doesn't play for the team that drafted him. You have to either be on the team that drafted you or trade it under your rookie contract, and so he he wouldn't fall into either one of those. However, of course, like Minnesota can't offer him the most amount of money. Um, they can offer him the fifth year, and they can offer him 8% increase um you know, in between years, whereas another team can only offer five percent increase um, between the years of the salary, so they can offer more money. I tell you what, um, you know, where I'd love to see Jimmy go, Billy. I would love to see him in Philadelphia. I think that would be a great fit, pairing him up with Simmons and Embiid. Man, that would be interesting. If they don't, if they're not able to make a Kawhi Leonard deal, like trying to go get Jimmy Butler in the off-season, they would still you know, have have a lot of cap to play with cuz they've signed all these one-year deals. So, um I think he could be really interesting. I mean, if you had Simmons, Butler, um Roko Saric and Embiid, like hell yeah. That's a damn good fucking team. So, uh just, just something interesting to think about. Uh but um Juwan, what were your thoughts on uh Jimmy Butler turning down the max extension?
3: Um, to to what Luke was saying about <clears throat> him not wanting to turn down all that money,
1: I'm Heard. not.
3: I mean, a, a lot of these a lot of these players, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of them, of course, uh, want the money, but I, I'm not sure, man. I think Jimmy Butler's been in the league uh, for a while now. That it's just like I want to play like really, really, really high competitive basketball um, yeah. and be able to have a chance to win a championship. So I think I, I tell you what, Luke. I, I'll say this. I think the first thing Jimmy will do is see if he can uh pair it with Kyrie, wherever that might be. I'm not going to go into my Nick fandom. Wherever that might be. Um and if he can't Brooklyn. land with Kyrie, uh if he no can't Brooklyn. land with Kyrie, and I, yeah, I no, no Brooklyn? If he can't land with Kyrie. Hey, that, they have a the cap space. Uh,
4: They do let have a cap space,
3: you're right. Yeah, that, that. All right, stop, Joe. I said I'm not try- I'm trying not to go into my Nick fandom. I'm trying to be objective here. Um, you uh, you Jay and Butler. Luke can sign
4: with them, man. They have the have <laughs> You got to sign them. <laughs>
3: I think um, i told Pat and see if he can link up with Kyrie and go somewhere uh, so he can kind of compete for a championship. If he can't really pair up, um, I, I think he will probably just stay put, um, take that contract, and then just play out that contract. And then I, I guess if he's unhappy, request a trade somewhere in between. Um, but to me, it just Jimmy Butler's always like Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. Always to me have seemed like guys who obviously love the money, but they just want to win. Like they want to play very, very like very high competitive basketball because um, yeah. they just love playing basketball. Like they don't seem like Carmelo Anthony, who literally only cares about the money. Um, so they just never <laughs> struck me as guys like that. So, I mean, it's not like Jimmy Butler is going to be taking an Isaiah Thomas deal somewhere. He'll still get, like, a good good amount of money. It just won't be as
1: much so he'll get a, if he stayed no, in Minnesota. He'll, yeah, he'll still yeah, get he'll a max deal. Where He'll get a max deal yeah. wherever he signs. It's just that, you know, a max deal in Minnesota is worth just a little bit more money. Um, but, obviously, like you said, like, that ultimately that amount of money is not going to matter. I mean... Of course, we saw LeBron James, um, you know, turn down more money to to go join the Lakers. So um, yeah, I
3: mean, it just, and we
1: and we see I, it all I, the do, time. Yeah,
3: I do want to say because I think it's a misconception, and I'm not saying anyone here said this. I just do think it's a main concept, uh a misconception between uh, fans thinking a lot of NBA players only care about the money. A lot of them yeah. do. I, I won't be naive in saying that. But a lot of these guys just want to win. And being in the league for, like, let's say you're in the league for, like, eight, nine, ten years, and you have not won a championship or even been to the finals, there are some guys that that does bother and that they're not okay just taking the money and then just continuously losing year after year after year. Right. Um, So, I mean, Jimmy Butler strikes me like a guy – who will try to see if he can go link up somewhere, and if he can't, ultimately he'll just stay put. And I guess try to be more of a mentor uh, to Cat, to and if Wiggins is still there to, to Wiggins, maybe try to toughen him up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, I, let me throw this out there, too, in my um, in my uh, Jimmy Butler to Philly um, uh, little notion uh, next season. Um, like, if, no. if, you know, the Kyrie thing doesn't work out, no, check this out, though. Like, the only the, the two by far the two best uh social media guys in the league are Joel Embiid and jimmy Butler like and as cantor is like a close third, but like dude, those two guys are so fucking funny when it comes to their um their social media like so like just having those two guys on the same team, I think they those two guys would fucking love each other um and obviously like on the court, you know they would compliment each other a lot so um but anyway. We won't dive any further down that rabbit hole. Um, Joel, your thoughts on Butler turning down the $110 million extension? Non-max extension, by the way. I said max extension when I was passing it to Juwan.
4: It's all good. Um, you guys pretty much nailed most of it. I have not much to add to it, except for the fact that I'm not 100% sure he's going to stay in Minnesota. Um mm. You could look into into him not taking it as as a sign, but like you guys said, I mean, it's not a smart business move, just like it wasn't smart for Kyrie to do it this year either. Um, So it's like you could look at it that way. He could always end up uh, thinking otherwise and saying, fuck it, we'll stay here in Minnesota, we have a chance. But at the end of the day, I think he goes east because I think it's his best chance to win. I think the West is overclouded at the moment. Yeah, He would still get paid. Probably won't get paid as much, but he has a better chance to win. If he goes to a bigger market, there's a good chance he'll get double paid. So, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, I'd love to have him myself, uh, but there's a lot of options. He'll have a lot of options next year. People are going to want him. He's going to be a wanted commodity, and so will every other big free agent next season. So, yeah, do what they got to do. Uh, smart business move. Good job, Jimmy. You know, get paid next year, wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> yep indeed i uh, totally agree um
1: uh let's move on uh we got some another uh signing that happened uh jabari Parker signed a two year forty million dollar deal with uh the chicago bulls uh the second year of which is a team option i think is very smart and uh in order to get this deal done uh milwaukee essentially just um they pulled the qualifying offer and, and made him an unrestricted free agent, um, which, which, you know, like, good on Milwaukee. Like, you don't want to keep the guy you know you're not going to match. Like, pull the offer so he can sign the sheet that, that Chicago wants to offer him, which they would not have been able to offer um, had he been a um, restricted free agent. So, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 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 good good on Milwaukee. That's that's a That's a – Good orgu- organizational move uh, on their part, in my opinion. Um, but as far as the signing itself, uh, Joel, what did you think about uh, uh, Jabari Parker landing uh, back home in Chicago?
4: I like it on paper. Like I like the face.
1: I like, <laughs> on the face
4: value, you know, it looks yeah. good. Like oh, he's a start. Like he's gonna probably start at small forward, and he's a hometown kid. It looks great. I mean, I love I love the look of it. But, like, when you deep down, like we were talking about it the other day, it's like he kind of likes playing the four. He's probably more comfortable at the four. Uh, They kind of got their four of the future there in in Chicago. Uh, And they go and they draft the Wendell Carter. So, they got their five of the future there. I don't – right now, I think the contract's real good, though. It's really just for the year. If they don't like it, they can say, fuck it, for next year. But as of right now, for a one-year, let's give it a try and see if it can work. It's a great deal. So, I'm gonna say it's, it's really good because yeah, Jabari Parker, if it works out, is a really good get for any team. Um, so for a team like Chicago that has a nice, nice little young uh, nucleus to work with and some, I guess, decent bets, um it, it's not a bad, you know, gamble in my opinion because it's really, it's really one this this year that you got to worry about paying them if it doesn't work right.
1: out, right? Yeah, I mean it. It's certainly. I, I mean, as far as they they overpaid this deal. They overpaid on the Levine deal, but they have, you know, yeah. It, a little aside bit. from <laughs> the money, it, well, they, they, they just have little things worked out, you know, as far as Levine and, and his injury, they can get out of the deal. Right, um, right yeah. You know, I, I don't think they can get out of it entirely, but they can, um, you know, pay him a lot less money uh a la the the um, Joel and Bead deal that he signed with Philly, Correct. Um And right. like you said, with only being locked in for one year, if it doesn't work out, you know, no big deal. Like it's it's not the end of the world. Um, and you know, if it does, if it does, if he does excel at the four this season, um, I think you could be looking at a similar situation that they had last year uh, with Mirotic, where at the trade deadline, maybe somebody really, really wants Jabari Parker. And really wants mm-hmm. to get off some other money, and they can get another first round pick out of it. So, um, you know, in that sense, you know, I kind of like the deal as well. Um, but, uh, but Luke, what are your thoughts on Jabari Parker uh, signing with the Bulls and of the contract itself?
4: And I don't
2: like it for Milwaukee. I know you said you you like it for the their sense, but I mean. If you really couldn't just do the same deal, just take him for one more year with your team option to see what you want. I mean, you try to building a, uh, like a team, and and he was kind of good towards the end of the year. I mean, he's a second round pick that you just let go for nothing. I mean, twenty million is a lot, but for nothing, like you didn't, you couldn't match that. You couldn't be like, we'll, we'll take that same deal, and we'll do it. You're just gonna just sign him up and just be like well, we don't really see you working even though we only drafted you a couple of years ago to be a building block around our other guy who wanted to kind of play with you. So I just I didn't see it making any sense for Milwaukee. Like, it wasn't a win. It wasn't a good financial thing. Yeah, you're saving $20 million, but that was just one year. I mean, you could get off the books again or be stuck. I mean, this is a kid that you drafted. I mean, look at Minnesota. They gave the super max. I mean, they gave the max extension to Andrew Wiggins, who's picked right before him. So, at least they're going to get, I mean, Wiggins is way more abysmal, terrible, like, of a player than Parker. At least Parker, yeah, he's had injury problems, but when he's been healthy, he's been pretty good for them. I mean, if you watch them against the Celtics, he was really showing like he was getting back to form and all that. I just don't see why you don't want to re-sign him for that same year. Yeah, it's a little bit of money, but it's only two years, one year at most. So Chicago's I like it for them since they're doing that, like you said, they could trade it, but then again, you're putting a lot of money into injury players that I yeah that that doesn't make sense for Chicago since like you gave a ton of money to Zach Levine, and you- you're giving a lot of money to Parker, who are both coming off of a c l tears,
1: yeah, well you know, know how they love their guys with their a c l tears, so I know how was <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, Rose, uh, what a guy, what a guy But uh, what else, hmm. what, what are you doing with Bobby Porter said? Because now, because uh, you're not going to push the sure sure Larry Markkinen's minutes at, at the four So whose minutes are you taking away? Partisan really is not a five, so you trying to trade him as well I just really don't see, I don't understand what Chicago's really doing right now They're kind of like trying to rebuild but not rebuild and Give in some risky contracts out and throw money where it might not belong and all that. So I just I I don't think it was a win in my mind for either side. But luckily Chicago can hop out or could do that trade like you're saying and you get a pick out of it. But I don't see them doing it. He is a hometown boy, so maybe that benefits and all that. But it just it for both sides. I didn't understand it. Milwaukee should have just kept Jabari and just. You know, ate the money. It's only one year at most, twenty million, and try to make yeah. a run. Like you said, the East is really bad, so at least you're not losing a player that can contribute. And you're getting a guy who could possibly come back to being healthy again. You saw some flashes of him in the playoffs and putting him in the starting lineup, and at Iuslova back him up. So that's a solid four switching out right there.
1: Yeah, the. The interesting thing about Milwaukee is like they couldn't pay him twenty million dollars and the reason why like they they could have if they had not signed Ilya Sova. But because they used um the mid level exception to bring on Ilya Sova, when if you use a full mid level exception or more than the, the luxury tax exception, um you're not allowed to go into the luxury tax, obviously. Um, so the fact that they they used that for Ilyasova, it meant that they only had so much money that they could put towards Jabari Parker. So they couldn't have given him a twenty million dollar uh, a year deal because it would have put him in the luxury tax. So like, you know, I, but I think I I still don't disagree with you. I'm just I'm just saying like it, it it would it would it make potentially make more sense to have not signed Ilyasova and then to give in Jabari Parker that contract. Sure, I could see that um but you know i i don't know i would probably rather have Ilyasova at i think he's got 7 million a year over 3 years and the third year is a team option um i, I really like that deal for them um and you know i think they're they're pretty set at, at running Giannis at the 4 which means you know you know as far as parker you you would be having them come off the bench paying them twenty million a year to, to be your sixth man. Like so it's a steep price to pay for a sixth man. Um, and uh, I don't I know. Think I, I like the, the three at that point though, because Middleton plays two, and all that. Right. So well, Middleton have... can play two or three. I I mean, but mm-hmm. then are you playing like the way I see their lineup working out is Bledsoe and Brogdon in the backcourt. Middleton and Giannis as their forwards, and then Brooke Lopez as their. Brogdon's seventh. definitely um, coming off the bench, man. Middleton played I, we'll two see. last I,
2: last year, and Giannis. I was think Ilyasova might he,
4: start. He, well, he's
1: played the two and the three, yeah. And you're right; like Ilyasova could start. Um, that's certainly a, a possibility. We still we still need to see what DJ Wilson can bring to to the table. Um, so that you know, there's another player in that in that cog. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Middleton's versatile. He can play the two or the three. He's, he's like Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, um, those yeah. kinds of guys who can play either position, Paul George. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I know, I feel you, um, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think if, if I was, I, I can see why Milwaukee, you know, did it. Um, although I, I will say I have, uh, I have heard at least that um, a lot of bucks fans are not happy about this. Um and uh conversely, I've also heard that a lot of Can you just fans threw away a second round pick for nothing? Second overall pick, yeah. Um yeah, I mean I I know, I get it, but like a guy who has had two ACL tears like that's it's not usually promising. So, um it's risky, it's risky. You know. It's risky, right? And and Chicago <laughs> loves risky. So there you go. Um but uh Jawan, I want to throw it over to you. Um I, I feel like I proposed a trade um uh not not too long ago, maybe midway through the season that sent Parker to the Bulls and, and got them back like I think um like Portis Zipser and uh Robin Lopez and the Bulls got something else too. I can't remember what it was. Um but you liked that at the time. You you thought um uh, Parker would be a good fit um, in in Chicago and being a a, a hometown kid. Um, are you still like? Do you still like the fit? And do you think the contract is is feasible? Um, you know, for Chicago, does it does it make sense to you?
3: Um him him going to the Bulls definitely makes sense. Uh, like you said, hometown kid. I, I do like it. Um, I I really feel like because I'm one of the rare people that thought. Um, Jabari Parker was going to be a way better than Andrew Wiggins. I thought his drive was higher. Uh, he didn't have the athleticism, but I just thought he was a more complete basketball player. Like, no one ever questions the character of Jabari Parker uh, like they do Wiggins. I just thought he was a better basketball player than Wiggins. I still to this day do. Um, even with all the injuries, I just still think he's a better basketball player. Um, but I-, I think if you're the Bulls, I mean, like you said... <laughs> They love their, their injury-prone players, so why not? And uh, teaming Zach Levine with, with Jabari, even like you said, Luke, uh, in the playoffs uh, Jabari had, had his moment. Uh, and towards the end of the season he was kind of getting back into the flow. Um, it's not like you're getting a guy who, you know, looks bad and you're taking this huge, huge, huge risk. I think Jabari Parker can be a really good fit and a really good player for this team. And it's a chance for Jabari to take the two-year deal. You show people that you're back, you're healthy, you can stay healthy and ball at an elite level. Um, and then you can work your way to getting into, uh, you know, a, a way better contract going forward, whether it's with the Bulls or somewhere else. Um, I, I do like it, and I do like it for Milwaukee because, on one hand, all the faith uh, and confidence I have in Jabari, we have to remember, anytime a team gets rid of a player – Uh, like that, they must know or feel something that we do not know. Um, So maybe they feel as though it's not worth the risk. I mean, almost both times Jabari got injured, it was like, all right, we got this team of young guys. We got Jabari, we got Giannis. All right, let's go. And then, boom, Jabari gets hurt. So maybe they're like, I don't want another season of feeling like this guy can contribute a lot, and then, boom, he gets injured. I, I just I don't want to deal with that. Um, you know, they feel as though they can move on without him. I I hear what you're saying, Luke. I don't necessarily think they should have given up on him, but obviously they thought it was uh, the right decision. So, excuse me, you got to kind of respect that. Uh, and I do give props to the Bulls for believing in the hometown kid. And I do think he can have a really good season. Um, I think even, I'll even say this, I think he can have as good of a first year as Wade had with the Bulls to where it's like it's not flashy, it's not huge, it's not, like, earth-shattering, but it fits and it'll work. And I think with that young core that they have there that they're trying to build up, uh, the Bulls the Bulls can be competitive. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say, like, they'll, they'll make a play for the eighth spot or anything like that, but I do think that they can be really competitive um, and be on the upswing that maybe next year I'll be, like, super confident that they can make the playoffs. But I do like it. Um, and if you're the, if you're the Bucks, like like you were saying, Joel, because Nick, you brought up that Middleton can play uh, two different positions. Joel brought up the good point that so can Giannis. Like that's a guy that you look at and you can go, you can kind of move him between the three and the four if you have to, um,
4: or the five if I, I don't you need know. to, or, or the one for that matter. Here.
3: Absolutely,
4: if yeah. He can really really play, play Hall, Hall, or, uh
3: Right, He's that rare breed versatile. that you can move one through five.
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely. Sorry, Gives saying? them a lot of versatility. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, uh yeah, I mean, I uh I don't know. I I, I definitely I I can see see mm-hmm. both sides. I can see Milwaukee, I can see Chicago, um and maybe that's what objective um being objective and looking at a situation gets you instead of, you know, anytime the Hawks do something, I'm like, God damn it, you suck. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, well, I only bring that up because apparently a lot of, like I said, a lot of Bucks fans aren't happy and a lot of Bulls fans also aren't happy. Though I think, I honestly think, uh, like, the Bulls, like, beat writers and, and their fans, I know um, uh, the guy – uh, Rick Strom, who does TYT Sports, he did not like the Zach Levine deal. Um, he just thought it was you putting way too much money into an unproven guy, and um, for, for a rebuilding team, that's a that's a risky proposition. But um, but I like it because it takes up a lot of cap space for Chicago, and you know I don't want I don't want a lot of teams with a lot of cap space next season. So
4: me um. neither.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, and and you know what, like, even if, say, you know, I'm not expecting the Hawks to make any big signings, but you know what, like, maybe, you know, maybe the Knicks can, and maybe they need to get off of Joe Kim Noah's contract, and maybe we're there to say, all right, we'll take Joe Kim Noah's expiring contract, but what, you know, what's in it for Duder here? <laughs> like, what kind of picks are we getting out of this? Um, so, you never know. Um, but anyway, let's never. move on. Uh Yep. Uh, Channing Frye agreed to a one-year, vet minimum deal uh, to return to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um,
4: Final makes sense.
1: Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, they need—I mean, they need a guy like that. He's a, a four-spacing big. Uh, can play the four. Can play the five. Um, you know, I, I, my guess would be he's probably going to um, mostly, you know, be backing up uh Tristan Thompson, but um but I could also see him, him, you know, playing some minutes at the four behind Love. Obviously obviously you got Larry Nampson there and and you want to try to develop Zizich. Um, but it's just nice exactly. to have you know have the player of that versatility who can basically be your third string or second string guy in both of those positions depending on how you want to utilize him. Um and you're getting him for cheap um, I think they're, obviously their they're biggest necessity right now is, is making sure that they have, um, you know, uh, a wing player. Um, obviously they can still re-sign uh, Rodney Hood, which I kind of expect them to do even despite um, the drama that happened in the playoffs last year. Um, but, you know, that that's what they need most, but there's not a lot of those just floating around out there. So, you know, Channing Fry is a player who can help you and it's, if this team is foolish enough to want to try to, you know, um, you know, stay competitive and not, you know, go full rebuild, uh, you know, as a Hawks fan, um, being that my team owns their first-round pick next season, but it is one through ten protected, I am all in favor of it. Keep Kevin Love, uh, re-sign Rodney Hood, um, trade George Hill, an expiring contract for another player who can help you out. I threw out the other day. Um, Bazemore, I'd gladly give up Bazemore uh, for that contract. He could be your starting three, Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm sure, uh you know, any Knicks fans who are listening, you know, including, of course, uh, you, Joel, and Juan, um, like you're looking at Kevin Knox saying, like, all right, yeah, I'll give up THJ and that, like, $18.5 million contract for an expiring deal. Like, free up some cap space next season, and let's just let's just get Kevin Knox some fucking minutes. Um, but, uh, and, of course, you still have Neil Akina and Courtney Lee to split time at the two, so. Um, but, anyway, uh, the Channing Fry deal, I think it uh, makes sense, uh, at least to me. Uh, your thoughts on it, Juwan? Um
3: I will say <laughs> this, is, this is like when they brought back um, – Kendrick Perkins, like I just really didn't care about it, but I did have uh, <laughs> I did have a question involving the Cavaliers that I saw somewhere. Nothing legit, so I just want to put that out there now. It was nothing like any reputable source or anyone like that. Um, mm-hmm. Someone had brought up the idea of, like, let's say because we know Boston is has draft picks that they could just trade for days, right? We all we all know that. If you're Boston, would you ever put together a package of say uh, Morris, whoever, 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 whatever, whatever? Anyway, the the point of of this question is uh, mainly to you, Luke. Would you ever be interested in trading for Kevin Love, somebody that can act, that can honestly completely stretch the uh, the floor, and. You don't need him to be your number two, your number one, your number three, or even your number You just need him to get rebounds and knock down open shots. And I think the Celtics could get that guy open like nobody's business. I looked at that, and I was just like, if I'm the Celtics, as long as, like, you're not asking me something stupid like last time, like for Brown or Tatum, like, because you know you're just not going to get them. Um, I would look at that and say, I mean, yeah. why? I mean, why not? It's not a bad thing to do. Uh, I mean, a bad player to bring in. And I think if you tell Kevin Love, like, listen, there are no, like, very high expectations on you. We don't need you to be the go-to scorer or the number one or the number two or the number three. Uh, I think it's something that can really work out, and I think it's something that can really just
0: enhance
3: just the the arsenal that Boston has. So, Channing Frye thing I care less about. Um, I think he's just <laughs> there more for like mentorship, and Obviously. I think the Cavs just really like him. Um, I'm. I had the question of, and I just wanted to ask if it was okay. Um, would that be something that Boston would be interested in, or would even remotely uh, pick up a phone to to try to initiate? No. Yeah, well, I
2: mean, Luke, can I? You can I
3: answer real quick.
2: Yeah, yeah I you, mean, you take I, it. I was, just, I was I was gonna be the quickest now. And, and, and John, you should be the one that does this. You're the one that doesn't want to take minutes out of the young guys. Like, you're taking Jason Tatum. I mean, are we getting Kevin Love to come off the bench and be the sixth man that he's never been before and really reduces minutes? I don't think Kevin Love wants to do it. He was well, an all-star last year. First off, I don't think he would want to come to the Celtics. We wouldn't want to do it. It would be very hard for us to pull off because as a contract, so we'd have to give up Like It would start with Morris, which, I mean, it gets we're switching Morris for Love. I would take it, but you're taking away Tatum. We're getting a lot of people. We are our, we're a pretty long-jam team, as it is, and you'd be taking minutes yeah. out of most most likely one of our best, probably our best young piece right now, because he's going to be playing the four next year, for sure, with the starting with Gordon Hayward. I mean, yeah, Hayward and all that, like, you might reduce their minutes, but, I mean, it's, I just I wouldn't do it at all just because of that, and, I don't think it it would yeah, he would be great just to do rebounds and stretch, I understand that, and he wouldn't be a bad locker room guy. I just don't see the fit at all for us financially minute wise, and just what I don't want to do just keep on giving Jason Tan the ball that's it well I mean I, yeah I, let me add,
1: I want let, him, let, me, add, let uh, me add two let me add two things real quick. Um, also, uh, I think in order to get the deal done, you would have to trade Horford, which we all know that Luke would n- never agree to doing that. Um,
2: yeah, no to that.
1: Yeah, um, and rightfully so. I mean, Kevin Love, Love, I think, is maybe like a year younger, but, like, um, but Horford's a more complete player, obviously. Um, and uh, you know, like, Boston's fine. They already have their token white guy and Gordon Hayward. They don't need Kevin Love anymore. But, anyway, go ahead, Joel.
3: No, I was just going to say last thing, and then we can move on. Uh, I was just going to say, financially, I didn't obviously look into it. So, I didn't know anything right. financially. But, Luke, the way I had the, the um, lineup set was uh, – shut up, Joel. The way I had the lineup set was, <laughs> was Kyrie – uh, Tatum, Horford—I mean, not Horford. Uh, uh Gordon, um, Kevin Love, Horford, and you would just have Brown come off the bench, uh, which I think would be really I don't good want to for reduce that, that second in it unit. Either. Yeah, but I don't you lose think some defense I, I think there. it's one of those things. I think it's one of those things to where you can rotate it in to where it works. Because I don't know defensively if I want Gordon like finishing games. Like I'd rather have. Um, Brown was Kevin finishing Lowe. my games defensively anyway. No, I, I get what you're saying about Kevin Love. Joel. All I'm saying is I saw it, I thought like, man, that guy could really stretch the the floor, uh, just knock down shots. There would be absolutely no attention on him to be the guy or one you know, the number two or anything like that. It would just be a perfect fit. Maybe I was thinking it'd be just a perfect fit for him. Maybe not so uh so much for Boston. I just thought I would ask.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, gotta... I think it made it made a lot of sense like 2 years ago, 3 years ago, you know. Um like I, I like cuz I I've there's been times where I've been like, dude, Kevin Love would be great for the Celtics, but they just they don't they they've they've evolved so much now that they just don't need a guy like him anymore. Not at his not at his monetary value anyway. I got a team though. They I got... know we're going off on a rant on the Kevin Love thing.
2: Oh, nice! I do if too. What if Charlotte somehow? What if Charlotte somehow put in? If you really want to please Kimba, and you were able to, I mean, might still get Kristia. I mean, can we give you that Cleveland? Would you want to go on something like that? Or I don't know how they would do it, but what if Charlotte really wanted to please Kimba and was just like, "Let's try to go get you love," and we just got, and we just drafted um, Bridges right now and have you three as our core.
1: Yeah, along with Malik Monk, um, I uh, I don't hate it. it. It would depend on what the package would have to be. Um, I mean, I feel like if you're Cleveland, you're probably going to be taking back Biombo in that case. Um, and you know, and it would and it would have to see it's fucking. I hate the CBA, man. <laughs> the, it would have to involve Biombo, but Biombo's seventeen million wouldn't be enough to match. Kevin loves twenty four point two, so you'd have to attach another player to it and because mm-hmm. Biombo was traded already. That's you why I him you, you the can't team attach team you can't attach another player in in, in along with trading Biombo. Like Biombo can be traded by himself, but he can't be traded with another player attached from Charlotte in the deal until like September something. So like you'd be looking It'd at post training counts. Um as hey, far like, Chris wins, and Marvin I'm, Williams, maybe. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say what about work. Marvin Williams and Kid Gilchrist. Thirteen, fourteen, yeah. twenty seven million, yeah. That 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 would be fine. Um I think Marvin Williams is in expiring or only two years left. Um Kid Gilchrist, same thing, so um that's not that's not a bad deal. If, I mean it just depends, like are you willing to attach a, a, a first round pick that say only top ten protected? Um, you know, if you're willing to do that then I would take that deal if I'm Cleveland. Anybody else, uh, Juwan, Do you like the deal?
3: Uh, yeah, I do like the deal. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, to me, Kevin Love has to go to like a perfect system. It just kind of seems like he's played himself out of being like the guy, or even remotely close to being the guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he just puts up he just puts up good numbers. You know, like he put up really good numbers next to LeBron. I don't know how to judge that because it's like it's, you're playing with LeBron. I feel like LeBron can get you good numbers. Um, so I, I don't know how to evaluate. The reason why I only said uh, – the reason why I said Boston, because it's such a perfect system. And it's like you know Boston can get Kevin Love wide open shots. You just know they can. Oh, yeah. Because there's just too many guys to guard. So I just thought it was a great situation for him, a great uh, system. I think Kevin Love has to think about – uh, as far as his future systems, like what great systems can I attach myself to? Um, because I don't think he's the guy that can lead you. And let's not forget, he put up huge numbers when he was in Minnesota but never made the playoffs. So it's like – and I, I know he didn't have his team around him. So before anyone says that, I know. But he just put up, like, great numbers and still could never make the playoffs. So it's like, I don't know, an older Kevin Love, can that older Kevin Love help the Hornets? him and Kemba in, in, in that young core, excuse me, uh, be, like, very competitive? Like, could they get past the first round? I don't know. I, I, I really don't. And I don't know if I'm putting that much stock in Kevin Love as your number two. That's why, only reason why I said Boston, because he wouldn't have to worry about that. There'd be no expectations on him, uh, because you have, like, three, four other guys that you weren't right. touching the ball, um, you know, and, and, you know, shouldering that burden of carrying the franchise, you wouldn't want Kevin Love to be that guy. Just knock yeah. down open shots and get rebounds. That's it.
1: Yeah, and like and like I said, like, you know, a few years back I would have wholeheartedly agreed. It's just they don't like the way their roster is constructed now and like who they would have to give up. I mean, essentially I I'm I'm dead serious. Like you would the only player that would make sense financially and, and, and positionally to give up for him is Al Horford, and Al Horford's just better. Like He's just a better overall player, yeah. and he's like the glue that holds that team together, and you don't want to mess up that kind of chemistry. Um, but, Joel, um, since uh, no one really wants to talk about Channing Fry, and I can't really blame him, <laughs> um, but maybe you do. Maybe you want to talk about Channing Fry, but also what do you think about uh, the Luke's uh, potential Charlotte deal, and and I'll, I'm going to give you credit on that too for throwing out Kid Gil- Gilchrist and uh, Margaret Williams.
4: Um, sure. Well, first of all, Channing Fry for the Cavaliers is easily they're easily going to make playoffs. I'm counting on it now. <laughs> Channing Fry will start at center over Tristan Thompson.
0: Might even make an All
4: Star team. I'm like a mail it, put it on, put it on the board. It's supposed to be Phoenix no. Chaining Fry that they're getting. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that you're talking about it, that's the team I heard that, that really wanted to make a move for, uh, for Kevin Love. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Imagine Phoenix yeah, giving up a not. piece or two to get Kevin Love. All they would need is a point guard. They'd be pretty much stacked at every other position.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm they have the that. expiring. Yeah. They have the expiring contracts to get it done. I mean, Jerry Dudley, Tyson right. Chandler. That gets you to twenty three, right. twenty two point five million. Yeah. Uh, and draft picks. They still yeah. have the Milwaukee pick. So. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. P.J. I mean, Warren, they can give up need.
3: too,
4: make the money match.
3: I actually like that better.
4: Yeah. I, I like mean, I, I. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I. I like. I wouldn't TV want to give up now.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to necessarily give up Chandler if I didn't have to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you could. You could literally just do like. I mean, you just drafted Bridges and signed Ariza. You could do TJ Warren and Dudley, and and really not miss out. And I mean, you still have uh, Ariza, Josh Jackson, and you just drafted Bridges, um, and that would really, that would actually really fucking help um, Cleveland at the three. You know, you they'd be getting two guys. Dudley kinda of more of a four now. Um, but T J mm-hmm. Warren's still young and I mean he's not on a terrible contract. So like that'd be a good player for them to have and if you're telling me they get a Milwaukee pick out of it too, like, um, you know, I, I kinda like I, I kinda like that deal. I do too,
4: I do. Now now I'm upset that's not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I, I like both those deals. Like I uh I, I I um, had the idea of if uh, if OKC really, really wants to compete um, and, you know, they're, they're not afraid to pay that $300 million, um, go ahead and trade Melo, Ferguson, and a future first for Kevin Love and, and Kyle Korver. Um, you get a guy to come off the bench who can just knock down fucking shots and Kyle Korver, um, you know, a guy who could play the two, he could play the three, Um can give you valuable minutes when you need him to uh and then you, you get Kevin Love in there to uh to be your third option you know um and uh as far as his his defensive lows um you know they, they kind of be masked by Robertson, Paul George, and um and Steven Adams and you know I mean if you're the if you're the Cavs I mean you get an expiring contract you get off some money um as far as I think Uh, Mella's right around 28 million. Ferguson's right around two. So that's like 30. Uh, and I think, I think, um, you know, Love and Corver combined is like 31, 31 31.5, something like that. So you get off a little bit of money. Um, and then, you know, you get a good young player in Terrence Ferguson, super athletic, can play the two, can play the three. Um, a guy who I think could really fit next to, um, Colin Sexton and, uh, you know, maybe a future first, um, you know, if if that's necessary to get the deal done. So that that was going to be mine um, to throw out there. Not fair. Albeit, you know, that that comes with a steep price tag for OKC. Um, But, you know, (laughs) also uh, the other reason I like it is because, obviously, um, uh, Russ and Love, you know, you'd be kind of reuniting the UCLA uh, team of old uh, down there in OKC. So um, I like that would be that. kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and you know, I think just adding guys like Korver um, and and Love. I mean, it, one of the one of the bigger things on that team that you need is, is guys who can stretch the floor. So um, I think it would have made a lot more sense had they done it and and just not signed Jerry and Grant because um, you you already have Patrick Patterson. Um, so I don't think it's gonna happen or anything. I mean, I think ultimately they're just looking to dump Mella. They're not looking to take back they're looking to take back as little salary as possible, but, um, but but, yeah, nevertheless, I, uh, I still think it could be, um, it could be a really good move for them. And I would, I mean, I definitely think a move like that would, would like up, up their level of, of how much of a contender they are. Um, you know, and I think Kevin Love, you know, at this point, uh, in Mello's career, like Kevin Love is a far supreme, you know, player, um, I mean, he's not going to give you much more defense than Melo, um, but he's going to give you much more consistent shooting and much better rebounding. So, I mean, if you had Kevin Love and Stephen Adams like on the block going after rebounds, plus you got Russ always rushing in there to try and get boards, like I don't, I don't think another like I, the offensive rebounds would be like almost non-existent for the opposing team. You know, uh, but anyway, real quick before we move on, um, Luke, what, what do you think about that one?
2: No, I like that one a lot, and I like the Phoenix one. I mean, I like that. If they could figure it out, it'd be hard for OKC. I mean, yeah, the Ferguson would be nice, but would you want to be taken back that much? I mean, in the end, it would make them a more complete team, like you're saying, to have more shooters and you get Corver too, to help them out to make that run. So, I think on paper, I mean, well, not on paper, like money-wise, but, like, definitely mm-hmm. it, uh, everything would work out for OKC. I think, um, he would fit really well on that team. He's way better of a three-point shooter, like you say, and then Melo is at his age right now. So that would just be helping him out. I also like it for Phoenix. Why Why not take Kyle Korver as well? Have Korver come off the bench and you get another three-point shooter. I mean, might as well get Love and sure. Korver, try to make something interesting. I mean, Phoenix isn't really spending that much money. I think a reason is just one-year deal. So in the yeah. end, it wouldn't be really hurting you. But, yeah, I mean, I I do see Love – Moving, I mean, getting back to the Shane Fly thing. I mean, maybe you're kind of seeing if, if you're building around your young core is going to be Sexton, Resign Hood, Lance, uh, Larry Nance, and um, CD, um, what's his name? Uh, Amir? I'm Tazed, is it? Is this shit? No no, 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 no. CD Amir, the uh, Teddy Osman?
1: the Turkey King. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Jetty Osman. Yeah. Jetty
2: Osman. Yeah. yeah. Kenny Osman, yeah, those are the four. No, no, Atizid is not part of that four. No, but those are your kind of your four that you build around you can move Hill. So, uh like or business. even have Hill. I mean, uh uh Fry would help Sexton just stretch the floor if he's gonna hit a three. I don't really see him play minutes as much. I mean, but you yeah. know, two K so three and, and stretch the floor. I think it's more of maybe kind of a retiring thing for I don't know why he'd want to retire out of Cleveland, but maybe she's getting the most minutes yeah locker locker room guy and all that, and really just kind of helping out and Pride. but uh, i i I do see them kind of making a run, thinking that they're not wanna go full rebuild and possibly keeping love, and that's why they got this in.
1: yeah um. Yeah, and I will say this too. I I like as far as for Cleveland, I'd by far like the Phoenix deal best for them because if you can get T.J. Warren in there, and then you got Dudley coming off the bench, now you're looking at you know your your lineup. Um, I mean, you pretty much have yeah. you know. I, and I think you probably move George Hill in some sort of fashion. Maybe, hell, maybe. Maybe I'm not sure. No one's coming to mind who would match that kind of salary. But maybe in that deal, they could instead of getting Corver, they could get George Hill, because uh, Phoenix could use a guy like George Hill, and he's he's virtually an expiring contract. He's 20 million. No, mm-hmm. he's 19 million this year, and he's 18 million next year. But it's a non-guaranteed contract, and he's only owed one million of that 18. So they could cut him at the cost of one million dollars. Um, so. You know, maybe, oh, Brandon Knight. There it is. Like, you throw in Brandon Knight. Uh, maybe Troy Daniels would be necessary to make the money work. But then you're looking at a squad of, say, George Hill, Booker, uh, Trevor Ariza, uh, Kevin, Love, uh, Kevin Love, DeAndre, DeAndre. Yeah, like, and then you got, you know, you got your, your, your bench of. <laughs> yeah, then, I mean, then you got your bench of. Um, uh, Elio Kobo, the you know point guard you just drafted, um, to have him develop. Uh, you obviously got Mikhail Bridges, you got Josh Jackson, you you still got you know Dragun Bender, or maybe you include one of Bender and Chris or Chris Marquis Chris in the deal, and maybe you don't have to mm-hmm. give up that draft pick, and you know that might that might make a lot of sense. And then of course you've got the compliment veteran are champion in a heartbeat. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I think he is a bum. If you watch the Summer League, he's still a bum. I don't have any. I'm so glad the Celtics did not draft him. I remember that was the big, oh, go get Roger Bender. He's going to be the next next Christoph. No, he's not. He was really just terrible (laughs) right there. (laughs) Terrible in Summer League, getting like zero points. I'm like, God, you are just really bad and just I don't understand you. At all, and how you're a fourth pick. Marquise Chris is better than him, but no, I would not want to. But I wouldn't, I would have a reason coming off the bench. I'm not, J- Jackson started. Sure. I'm not taking money sure. out. Of, I mean, I'm not taking the the minutes out of his hand and, and his sure. thing. He kind of proved something, so, but no, I mean, I like it. George Hill would be really good for them.
1: Yeah, and like, I mean, I think that would work out perfectly for both teams because if you're looking at Cleveland, you now have, uh, you know, at the one, you would have Sexton and then Clarkson backing him up. At the two, you would have Smith and Corver. Um, at the three, you would have T.J. Warren and Jetty Oseman. Um, at the four, you would have Nance and then um, Dudley. And then at the five, you'd have Thompson and Zizic. So, you, I mean, it, it, on paper, that makes pride. sense. And I then I was okay. Yes, Janey Fry in there as well. Maybe he would get the minutes over Dudley. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, and and of course you know you still have Rodney Hood up in the air. So you could you know you could sign Rodney Hood and maybe make him your starting two. Um, and fuck man, I mean maybe maybe just cut J.R. Smith. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or maybe you trade Corver to another nope. team. You could use a shooter. Um, I think you could yeah, easily really get a second round pick out of Corver. So. Um, you know, send him to a contender. I mean, that would be a nice gesture um, for them. But, yeah, like, dude, that's great. That's perfect. That's a perfect fucking deal for both teams. Um, You know, and then, you know, maybe we say we throw in, um, like you said, we we throw in um, uh, uh, Dragon Bender in there to see if maybe he can do a little better in Cleveland Um, because Nance can play and has played a lot of five. So maybe you're looking more at – Bender being your four and, and Nance being your five for the future to go along with Sexton, um, T.J. Warren and then Rodney Hood. So um, I like it. I like it. I like this uh, this brainstorming session of, of various trades. Uh, Jawan, what do you think about uh, the the Phoenix trade that we have so immaculately constructed?
4: Um,
3: I, I love that Phoenix tree. I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> it's like the more offers you guys make, the more I, I like the whatever the newer one is. <laughs> uh, if OKC is willing to pay all that luxury, I kind of love him being on OKC. only issue I have is it would be him and PG, you know, just debating on who's going to fail as the number two. And it's just like, eh, I don't know how that works for playoffs. <laughs> but um, if you're the Suns, um, I, I do like the point that you made, even though I was really, um, I was really high on them getting Corver in that trade. You kind of convinced me, Nick. Getting George Hill, having him kind of bring the ball up the court, set everything up. I think that's more valuable than having another guy that can knock down uh, the three ball. I mean, because y- you you got Booker,
1: so it's just like I and think you just drafted Mikael Bridges, who's been knocking down trades yeah. left and right in summer league, so right.
3: And right. you got so Trevor If you're, telling me, if you're <laughs> telling me the lineup is what? Hill, Booker, um, uh Jackson, Josh Jackson. Yeah. Kevin, Love, Kevin and Love Ayton, that would be your starting yeah. five?
1: Yeah, I would uh, tell maybe you if not, maybe you would have Chandler and start and so Ayton could develop, but I don't think so. I think they're gonna start Ayton immediately.
4: Or maybe you have Ariza start and have Jackson come on to play, who knows?
1: Yeah, maybe you have a play the four and then you play Kevin Love at the five. You know, as Aiden develops,
3: they give you a lot of I like versatility. That. I think, I think I'd like Aiden to to start and have Kevin at the four. But even if you if you switch that, I think that team, if not this year, uh, like let's say if they made the trade like now, if not this year, next year definitely, I think they could do exactly what Utah did. That's that's how much confidence I would have in that in that uh, that team, if they got Hill and Kevin Love. I think if not, like I said, if they don't, if it doesn't happen, because all this is imaginary, if it doesn't happen this year, let's say it happens next year, I think they could have a year like Utah did. I
1: yeah. I mean, that, that, that's it's certainly feasible. <laughs> they have to the tell. Um, yeah. It's yeah, just, would they, would they, and, and you know, like, it'll be interesting. You know, we don't, we obviously haven't seen their new coach, you know, coach in the NBA yet as as a head coach. But, you know, we have, we have seen him, you know, win um, an ACB, um, I guess, was it World FIFA Cup, whatever it was, championship?
2: Euro, uh, yeah, the Euro Cup.
1: Yeah, the Euro Cup, thank you. Um, And so, you know, I mean, he's he's obviously proven, uh, you know, a lot as far as being a head coach. So um, I think he could be the kind of guy to, like, kind of tie all that together. And I think another thing, like, George Hill, obviously, he's not the player that he used to be, but, you know, he still brings a, a at least a, a defensive mind. You know, his body's not as, as you know, um, I mean, he's just older, so his body's not as great as it used to be, but he's, he's still like his, his defensive mind is really, really good as a player. So maybe he could uh, impart some of that wisdom onto some of those other guys, namely Devin Booker. Um, you know, and and that team, you already got Ariza. Like that team would, you know, get a lot better defensively, um, having a guy like that leading your leading your squad. And and you know, I mean, if you're if you're Cleveland, you're not gonna miss him because you just drafted Sexton and you got Clarkson. And you know, I I think Clarkson fits great as as a bench you know bench point guard. He didn't work you know for for the Cavs last season because LeBron played forty minutes a night. And so LeBron always had the ball in his hands and that's not Jordan Clarkson's game. Like Jordan Clarkson needs the ball in his hands. So if you can have him, you know, come off the bench and, and you know, get the ball in his hands a little bit more, I think we'll see LA Lakers, Jordan Clarkson, um, as opposed to what we saw last year in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I love it. I love, uh, I, I think that's the most feasible out of all the deals we've constructed. I think that's the most feasible. Cause I don't think, I'm not quite positive that um, OKC would want to pay all that money. In fact, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. And I think Charlotte would be hesitant to give up draft consideration, whereas, you know, Phoenix, you know, maybe wouldn't have to give up draft consideration because they have so many good existing pieces. So um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh Anyway, let's uh let's move on really quickly before we get to the uh you know, our our respective summer league standouts. I did want to throw out because we have a little bit of time, um, the rumor mill has now uh landed on Toronto as far as being a major player to get Kawhi Leonard. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start with you, Jawan Uh what are your thoughts on Kawhi Leonard potentially being traded to Toronto in Um, I've got a few different packages uh, for Toronto, but most packages would include DeMar DeRozan and some other assets. Um, And obviously they would have to take back like an unwanted salary um, from San Antonio to make the money work. Um, So, I mean, what do you think about Kawhi potentially teaming up with Kyle Lowry uh, up in Toronto?
3: (laughs) I'll keep this very short and brief. Uh, If you're the Spurs, you definitely want DeMar DeRozan. Uh, He's definitely someone who can come in and help that team. Uh, If you're Kawhi Leonard and you do get traded to the Raptors, uh, I would definitely uphold the threat that I was promising the Spurs, which is I'll sit out a full season. Uh, I would definitely do that if I ended up in Toronto. Let them know I have no interest being here. Sit out the season for surgery, whatever, therapy, whatever you would need to have to play for that team. And then get out of there after that. So, uh, that's what I would do in that
1: scenario. <laughs> uh, I would expect nothing less from you, Joan. Uh Joel, um, you know, LeBron's out west now. Um, you know, if you if you're Toronto, even if it's a one year rental, um, like to me this is your window. Like this is this is gonna be you know, that, that kind of one time where you can really make a run at things and you know I mean, when Kawhi's healthy, he's a whole lot better than DeMar DeRozan. No, no offense to DeMar DeRozan. He's a top 20 player in the league. But Kawhi Leonard, when he's healthy, is one of the three best players in the league. Um, you know, even if you have to give up DeMar DeRozan, which I'm not entirely sure that you do, um, I still think they have a lot of interesting young pieces, um, like Dewan Wright, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, um, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl, uh they own all of their future picks. Um, a deal centered around all those young pieces uh, could also, I think, potentially net Kawhi with enough attached picks that had to be unprotected. Like none of this top ten protected or, you know, whatever. Like it, I think you would, it would take at least two unprotected um, first-round picks in that deal, and I would say, if I'm the Spurs, I would want them to be five and seven years down the road in the hopes that, uh, you know, when they finally convey it, they would actually be hold a lot of value. Uh, but anyway, just what are your thoughts in general? Uh, do you think even if Toronto has no guarantee that Kawhi is going to stay, would you, if if you were in their shoes, would you pull the trigger on a on a Kawhi Leonard deal?
4: Hell no. Not without no fucking guarantee. <laughs> are you insane? That's a ridiculous. I don't care how much, uh, no, no one's that, that's ridiculous, no. Uh, you can't give up all that without getting something in return. This motherfucker comes and plays for a year and then says, well, I'm not coming back, there was the point. No, you can't do that. Uh, I, I just uh, That whole Toronto being in the mix at all makes no sense to me. First of all, why do you want to go to Toronto? Like, like His first choice is LA, so his second choice is fucking Toronto. Like I like <laughs> Toronto. I'd love to visit Toronto, but it's fucking cold in Toronto. Last time I said, it. it's really cold. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't like giving up Whatever they do, give up would have to be something that would probably hurt the Toronto Raptors. So, you, like, why would you give up one of your best players? You would have to to get them, but like, you could lose Kyle Lowry or Demar Derozan, which would make sense based on the fact that, that together they haven't been able to get past LeBron. But like you said, LeBron's not there anymore. Um, and get Still to get past Boston and Philly. Exactly, but without one of them, it's just just Kawhi. I don't think it's gonna be enough. I mean, you're gonna give Well, that's what I'm saying. Days. Like what the
1: package, you... the package that I was putting together, you would keep both those guys. Add Kawhi. You know, you would still have yeah. um Fred VanVleet. You would still have um, uh, C.J. Miles. Uh, those two guys coming off the bench. Um, you would, you know, still have Serge Ibaka, um, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, so, I mean, you still have like a, you just wouldn't have like the depth that you had last year. You wouldn't have this like 10, 11 man rotation anymore, but you would have right. seven solid NBA players, um, with versatility. You know, I mean, uh, obviously Ibaka can play the five when you need him to, um, and CJ Miles can play the four when you need him to, so, um, and, and uh, of course, Van Bleek can play the two when you need him to. So, I, I mean, I think you would have enough versatility with that that kind of lineup if you could convince the Spurs, you know, to to be interested in the unprotected picks. Um, but anyway, I, it, it's probably going to take DeMar DeRozan, though, like, in all honesty. Like, it's probably, it's probably what leave. it's going to take. Yeah. I mean, well, it's going to take DeMar DeRozan plus stuff. Like, Probably my guess would be DeRozan, Ananobi, maybe Yaka Purtle in a first is what I would guess.
4: Yaka Purtle seems like a Spurs guy, though, for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he
1: does. Yeah, he does. Well, I mean, I think I like him a lot. I mean, I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's definitely got starting caliber center, Um in his future. And I know, he's never going to be an all-star or anything, but, um, but, you know, if you're the Spurs and you're, you know, you've got, you know, 57 year old pal Gasol, um, it'd be nice to have a guy like Yaka Pertle in there, you know, to be able to take some minutes. Um, but no, I mean, For I sure. feel you, I like, I, I mean, I feel you. It's, I mean, it's a huge risk and you're not going to get a guarantee out of Kawhi that he's going to stay. I don't think any team is going to get a guarantee out of Kawhi. The, the biggest thing to me is just like, you know, you have a window if you can add Kawhi to your team and improve your team you know that gives you that gives you a a very high probability to at least make it out of the east or furthermore to just make the eastern conference finals like you know that would be huge for them I don't I don't know if they've ever done that maybe that year they they lost to Philly in in the east maybe that that Vince Carter year, I think that might have been the Eastern Conference Finals, but I can't remember exactly. Um, might have been, might have been. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know that would be um, certainly make your team better. Uh, but for how long is is the question? So I I, mean, right. I totally get right. that, right. and I and I do agree. I think I think Philly could could land him and convince him to stay because I think the biggest inroad that he has there is that you know the doctor that he's currently. Like seeing for his um, for his hamstring is the Philly uh-huh. team doctor. Like so that's uh, his personal that's right. doctor. That's right. So like yeah. that's a that's a that's a big in for them. Um, but uh, but yeah no I mean I see it's a, it's a big risk uh, Luke. Um, what are your thoughts on on Toronto potentially making a deal for Kawhi? I mean at first I laughed when I just saw it. I was just like I
2: mean you would want DeRozan if you're Spurs, but if you can keep him and Lowry and somehow, like, do the trade that you just proposed, then I would I would do it if I'm the Raptors. I just finished first last year to a team. I just ran into my just, our, like, just the person that's going to take me down no matter what. But now he's gone. I don't have to worry about it. We were still a 60-plus win team. So if I could add Leonard, I'm taking that risk all day if I'm, if I'm Toronto, hoping that I can possibly pull a Paul George but and right. get him to resign. But I would still do it with regardless of not having it. Because no matter what, what am I doing if I'm Toronto? I mean, am I blowing the ship up? Or I'm like, you've got to do... If you're trading DeRozan, you're not saying him for a person that can only stay on your team for one year possible. You're going to trade him for right. young pieces and start over. So... You're obviously going to try to keep them and make this run. So I would definitely try to make a run and try to do a thing where I actually trade it for you, and and it does. It sometimes it does mean a lot. Like Paul George said, the Lakers had their chance. They didn't trade for for me, and I'm going to stay loyal to this team that actually put a risk out there and want to take take me on as a risk.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if like I said, if if you could somehow manage to keep, um. Lowry and DeRozan, Anad, Kawhi. You still got Ibaka, You still got Valanchunas. Like, that's a hell of a starting five. And then, you know, you got you got C.J. Miles and Ben Lee off the bench. Maybe you re-sign Lucas Nabuera, um, since you're giving up Portal in that deal. That's a good eight-man Maybe. rotation right there. And that's what you need for the playoffs. You don't need this 10-11-man rotation bullshit. Like, you need a solid eight-man rotation, and that would be a good one. Um, so, Yeah. Um, and and you know ultimately if you're if you're not giving up your core guys even if he walks you know it's like fuck well at least we tried you know <laughs> like at least we tried like we never stopped trying and I would be uh, like as a as a fan uh, of like a, a team that was that close I would I would applaud them for the effort you know uh, that's that's how mm-hmm. I would look at that situation so um, but anyway. Uh, just really quickly, we got about seven minutes. I want to uh, kind of throw it around and just each of us kind of give one guy who who's really stood out to us in summer league. Joel, who's your guy?
4: <laughs> guy or guys?
1: <laughs> one you got one. So you take one, oh, Nick. Let Juan have the other one, and then let's keep this thing moving.
4: All right, all right. I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Robinson, man. Nice. <clears throat> Did he stand out to me? Because I had a feeling I'd get thunder from Kevin Knox, but I had no idea what the fuck I was gonna get from Mr. Robinson. I just hoped like I did, Robinson. and I got and I got a lot more than I bargained for. The man is uh he's something. <laughs> he is something. That I, I, <laughs> I, I I did not expect that. Uh, he's good. <laughs> he's a, he's a, and this man hasn't played for like a year, and he's coming out doing what he's doing. I was completely yeah. shocked. By the kind of numbers he was putting up, double doubles. Um, and I know that he didn't even show half of what he actually can do because he barely even tried to shoot the ball. I don't even think he tried to shoot the ball. He was just putting everything back. And he, I think he led the league, uh, the summer league in offensive rebounds and block shots. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I think all yeah, time, like four blocks he has, like, a game. <laughs> he averaged four blocks a game. Like, he was barely trying half the time. And he's so agile. And look, he, I think he. I think. Out of the whole summer, like I think he had the most blocked jump shots. <laughs> like I like that's a lot of just block jumps, not just like regular shots, like layups and shit, jump shots. He was blocking jump. He was running out to to the perimeter and blocking jump shots. You don't see that all the time. I gotta commend the guy. Great. I was completely shocked. Mr. Robinson was my standout.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, still, I will I will stay on this bandwagon. Can't believe the Hawks didn't take him at thirty four. We needed a fucking center like made no fucking sense to me but anyway um let's move on or not move on but uh Juwan, um I'm I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kevin Knox is going to be your standout am I right Uh
3: yeah well Joel so mine <laughs> so yeah
4: it's
1: going to
3: be Kevin Knox uh, I felt yeah, like Joel was for... trying to
1: set you up and give you Kevin Knox I felt like he was doing you a favor but
4: <laughs> damn No I trying to help you out.
3: I went to Robinson because I kept saying to myself, I can't wait till next year where Cancer's gone and Robinson and KP can play alongside each other. Is that just going to be can that that's going to be bananas to watch? Well, I'm saying the reports are coming out that KP might not even play this year,
4: so that's why I didn't. Tell yeah, but there's that. also reports that he might be back by Christmas. So who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. let the man rest. We'll see in, in a couple months. Who knows?
3: But Kevin Knox, man, uh, Luke, I said this to you. A lot of people were comparing him to, uh, to Tatum. And like I said, no one expected Tatum to have the year that he had. No one. I mean, no one saw that much growth. He grew in just a season. Just throughout the season he grew. Um, Kevin Knox being on a team that probably has no playoff aspirations, I think he can really show a lot, develop, um, and be ready to compete with whatever the Knicks put out there uh, next year. Uh, Whether it's getting – uh, a max star or even if it's not competing uh next to KP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh two great picks. Uh I'm going to go hometown hero, uh my man John Collins. Points per game leader uh in in uh Summer League. Uh this yeah. guy he just looks awesome. Okay. He has really really worked on his outside shot. Um like he he kind of certain start, started to be able to shoot those those corner threes, but man, he's hitting shit from the top of the key now. Um, like, he Juan just was so, yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I was never against John Collins. Like when we did the draft thing, I was like, yeah, that's a that pick makes sense. Um, but uh, I was I was I was pissed off with the Tyler Dorsey pick. Because uh, you know, I wanted Isaiah Hartenstein, who's fucking not even in the NBA. So shows you what I know. <laughs> <But>, um,
4: <laughs> hey, he's got back He had a good summer league.
1: He's got, yeah, okay. he definitely did. Um, and Trey Young had two good games at the tail end, and then they shut him down. They were like, "All right, you've had two good games. We don't want you to play anymore. We don't want you to have a, like finish on a bad note. Like we're just gonna go ahead and shut you down." Um, right. That kind of pissed me off too. By the way, like I wanted to see us go and try and win summer league. Like it's like we're not gonna win anything else. We might as well go out and like try to win summer league. Um, but man, it's not we had no interest. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So John Collins, definitely my pick. The guy has really worked on his game. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see him be the starter throughout the course of this whole season. And uh, it'll be interesting, too, to see um, how they work him and Spellman. Like, you know, I I expect to see um, a a lot of time on the floor with Collins at the the five and Spellman, you know, playing the four um, in a small ball lineup. And I I think that could be really interesting uh, to see play out. Uh, But, Luke, your standout.
2: My um, standout is going to go with Jonathan Isaac. Uh, really ran into a trouble season last year with a lot of injuries and all that, but he really looked good. He was another second-year guy like Collins Just I really took like he could take over games that time. He he just really worked on his game. Definitely just looks like he has it, understands the speed of the game. I hope he doesn't get his minutes restricted with Aaron Gordon, but I still think with that length they'll try to play all three of them because just what Johnson mm-hmm. showed out there, he just hes My very God. healthy he's coming back. He was He's just one of those guys that, yeah, he's a second-year player, but he didn't really play that much. But I think he just got the concept of the speed of the game and everything. And he was just taking control of summer league. He didn't really play that. Like, Magic didn't go as far, but whenever he was playing, he was just dominant. He was going on runs of his own. Just like – like all the players you got named, like just definitely showed that they're ready for the NBA, and I hope he can stay healthy this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love I love the kid. I I think uh, I was really high on high on him when they picked him, um, and I, I think you're right. I think you you owe it to him to uh, to play him alongside Gordon and Bamba, and at least yep, you know I agree. tail end of the season, you got to see how that'll work. Uh, but anyway, Talk great show, length. fellas. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great show. Uh, We'll see you all Thursday, same time, same channel. Until then, peace. 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 Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.